This is Carrie Beck with How to Homeschool My Child, and I am outside in Texas. The cool front came in today. The lighting may not be the greatest, but I just had to come outside and do our first live video with you. So I'm super excited. It actually may not be that cool for you, but it fell into the 50s. So I got my little cup of coffee. And I'm here. I'm very sorry. I am running about five minutes late because I could not find my notes. And I'd actually taken time to actually type them out and everything. So I was running around like a crazy woman in the house trying to find the notes. What I want to do today is talk to you a little bit about homeschooling in the holidays. This afternoon, I'm going to be more um, general, just about ideas that might help you get through the holidays and some tips and tricks that help me. Let me tell you. I was stressed out when we were first married, and by Christmas Day, it was a disaster. I was usually crying in the car from one family celebration to the next. So I'm going to be sharing this afternoon some ideas more about general ideas about how to homeschool during the holidays without losing your mind, I guess. Today, right now, I want to talk to you about history. And there are so many fun things that you can do to inspire a love of history with your kids during the holidays. So if you are here, um, as you come Come in or out, um, go ahead and just leave your name and um, in the comment box and then tell us what kind of weather you have. I already told you, Texas, it is gorgeous. I just had to do this outside. So leave a comment, tell us who you are and where you live or what your weather's like. Now, what I want to do is I'm going to divide this into three sections, October, November, December, and I'm going to give you some ideas in each one of them. I talked about this in our my small homeschool group on Tuesday, but for October, one of the things that we would do is study the Middle Ages, study the Reformation and the Renaissance at that time, and be able to um, use that by the end of October to discuss and have fun with Reformation Day and All Saints Day. I am of a Protestant belief, so we celebrate Reformation Day. If you're of a Catholic belief, then you would celebrate All Saints Day. The resources I'm going to be showing you are lean more towards the Protestant, but I'm sure there are plenty of Catholic resources you could use as well. So that's what I'm going to start with. Then I'm going to go to Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about the pilgrims and all of that. And then we're going to talk about Christmas and how you can look at history um, through the ages with Christmas. So what I have for you today is we're going to use a lot of books and activities. I have got just a myriad of books and I am going to show you some of these as we go just so you can get an idea of what we're talking about. Um, the Reformation sort of began with Martin Luther and so we're going to start. This is actually, well, I wouldn't say, this is an upper elementary book. It just tells the story of Martin Luther, but here's one of my favorite books. Kitty, my rib. This is his story of his wife. He was never going to get married, and he ended up getting married. This was a really fun book, especially for girls, say, upper elementary and junior high. So these would be good books to read. I'm just going to go through a several books, and then I'm going to tell you some activities. I would say for each one of those, you can have them journal. You can have them copy out of some of the books, just depending. We actually kept a reading journal, so every day they had to not elementary but junior high and high school every day they had to write one page about what they read this is what i love um the hawk that dare not hunt by day no matter what um beliefs you are protestant or catholic this is the story of william tyndale and the translation into the english language we think that um 
I can't remember the other guy that did the translation. The next guy did it. But everything was based on William Tyndale. And he was on the run all the time. He was hiding Bible translations in barrels of straw and stuff. We also have some, this is an easier book, Elper Elementary, The River of Grace, John Calvin, or this was John Calvin. That, this would be more high school. This would be more junior high. And let me see what else I've got. Oh, here's one I really like. Um, this is an easy book. Look at this. Very easy for kids to read. This is the story of John Calvin. John is not afraid. And then Morning Star of the Reformation is John Wycliffe. This is really before it all got started. And this is another easy read. We um, read some of these aloud. We read some of them individually. So with those, I would use them for discussion. You can have um, just ask a question and let the kids talk about it. You could use it for reading journals. You could have writing activities. You could sing some of the songs that came from these areas as well. You might um, look and keep a map of where these guys were because they were in all different places. You know, England, the king was like hounding them and they were escaping across the channel to the mainland. That's what William Tyndale was doing. But then somewhere in Switzerland and Germany, so you could keep a geography map. Another thing I would encourage you to do is keep a timeline and then look at the progression. Look at before the Reformation and Renaissance and look at the progression of what happens. So um, now let's move into some fun projects. I would say the other thing you could do is do some science. There's, I didn't grab the, um, the science books, but there are Copernicus, I believe, was during this time period. So you could do some studies on astronomy and do some fun astronomy projects as well. As far as art goes, there's some great Renaissance artists, but this is a story of Albert Durer, who is an, the artist of the Reformation. I think there's some, yeah, there's some pictures in here. I was gonna try to find his most famous one, but I didn't mark it. It's one of a bunny rabbit that most everyone's seen before. Let's see if I can find it. Nope. He did a lot of pen and inks, like here's one of the end times that he did, and um, here's just some nature studies that he did. Let's see if I can show you. So this actually, these books that are sort of this size that I've been saying are all by Greenleaf Press. It's a homeschooling publishing. I don't even know if they still publish, but they are excellent if you can get your hands on them. And they tell a great story, then obviously the art that goes with it. Then these are my other favorite ones. These are art for children. If you can, these are out of print. These are my very favorite books. I can't, I don't have one for Albert Durer, but there is one. This is Michelangelo. And what I love about this is you just turn to one page, you read, sorry, you read it <laughs> backwards on the computer and you look at the picture and you just read through it and talk about one page and that's it. And that's your whole art lesson. But you can really have some fun with that as well. And obviously this is Michelangelo and that I believe is, yes, the Sistine Chapel. Those are the Sybils. I got to actually go there. We got to get into the Sistine Chapel before it opened when we went. I took We took a special tour. The other thing I would encourage you to do is just have fun with it. Find some videos, do the science projects, do the art projects. Now I do have something, uh, each one of these, I'm gonna show you a resource that you could use. And if I could find the cover of it, I have something called Celebrating Reformation Day. It's a unit study. And within this unit study, you will get the actual discussion and writing activities you could do during with all of these kinds of books. You'll get geography activities. You will get some ideas for art and how you could do that. You also get, I lost my paper. 
science, what kind of science things as far as the solar system is included. But the best part that we did each year for several years is we had a reformation party. You could have an All Saints Day party, either one, but you have a reformation party. And we included several families. It was a family activity. Generally speaking, it was at lunchtime. We did it right here and in that room and over there on the front steps. And so we had everyone, it was a potluck. For me personally, I always made something that actually came from the Reformation time period. In other words, I made something that you could cook on a stove or a special kind of oven. But we had, I was potatoes and sausage and spices and oil, and that was it. And it was yummy, but it was just something that was easy that I felt like they could have eaten. And I have some recipes in the Reformation Day um, unit study as well. And then I, there's lots of arts and crafts types of things. You could use calligraphy. There are games and activities. As my kids got older, they actually ran the activities for the younger kids. So that's another fun thing that you can do. So we would do the activities when they first got here, then we would eat a meal. And then after the meal, we would actually sing hymns. And then after that, we would let the kids act out a scene. We would base each particular um, party on one reformer. And so we would act out a scene from that reformer's life. So those are just some ideas that you might uh, be able to use. But all of that is in our Reformation Day unit study. And if you haven't seen the post from about an hour ago, everything in my holiday store is 30% off with the code uh, top October. Top October. So you can get this 30% off. That's a discount um, for you as well. And so that would be one activity. So that's our October history fun. Then, oh, and one more thing i forgot you could play games i forgot as i was coming downstairs this is a game called treason in the tower and it's really set in 1671 so it's a little bit later than the reformation but it'd just be a fun game do you dare steal the crown jewels a man tried once he was caught red-handed in 1671. it's just sort of fun to go back in time so this would be a fun game and um ages 10 and up but when we did things as a family, even our younger kids could do this as well. So those are a lot of things from the Renaissance, Reformation, Middle Ages that you could actually do. Now, let me find my notes again. Okay, next we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is great. Now, I'm going to spend a little bit more time uh, this, eve this afternoon at 4, four o'clock my time, so 5 o'clock Eastern time talking about homeschooling and what you would do during the time period. So I'm not going to go into details about how does it all work. I want to talk a little more about the history of Thanksgiving and how can you integrate the history of Thanksgiving into your homeschool. So for one thing, let me sh again share some books. Give me just a second and switch the books out because I have way too many. So we're going to start with the older kids, and then we're going to work to the younger kids because they're my favorite, I think. But this is called A Plymouth Plantation, and it's actually, uh, I believe it's William Bradford's History of the Plymouth Sand, uh, Settlement, 1608. It tells about how they settled the Plymouth Plantation. This will be a great read for your older kids as well. And again, I would encourage you to use a reading journal if you've never listened to my leadership um classes i talk about reading journals and how reading journals really get our kids to think critically we they learn how to think instead of just what to think and so for each day that they read one page in their reading journal by high school they're writing about the reading journal not just what they read in the story 
So that's the older one. This would be another one. This is a little bit younger version of that book. And it's called Homes in the Wilderness. It's written by or edited by Margaret Wise Brown, who actually wrote Goodnight Moon and those types of books as well. So you can see this is a much easier version. And it tells the story of when they landed in Plymouth and how things go. So this would be another one. Um, that you could use. And I believe these are all listed on my blog. I'll have to look and I will be putting blog posts and I finally see, um, I'm sorry, I'm just now looking at um, comments. Leslie, hello, Sherry, Christina, Leslie, let's see. Sometimes I sort of forget about the comments, but thank you for being here. If you're just now joining us, leave a name, leave your uh, a, uh, a comment, tell us where you're from and what the weather's like, because it is in the late, uh, the late, the older, upper 50s, can't even talk here in Texas, and it's awesome, so I am outside. All right, then another book, these are more just, um, this is called Stories of the Pilgrims. It's put out by Christian Liberty Press, and they are just individual stories. Let's see. Um, so we have at the beginning, they're just short stories. In Holland, On the Canal, The Voyage of the Mayflower, The Speedwell, The Treaty of Peace, Back to England, The First Thanksgiving. Very easy. Elementary kids could read it, or if you have younger kids, they may be books that once that you could um, read out loud. But you can see just a few pages, and then at the each section, there's actually some comprehension questions that you can use as well. Now, I'm going to go really quickly through these. These are fun. Oh, this is one more. Um, this is the landing of the pilgrim. I would say this is, I have to just look. Oh my gosh, picture of my family in here. Um, this one's probably a little drier than some of the ones I'm about to share, but it does have some really good information. The Landing of the Pilgrims by John, James Dougherty. Now, here are two books on Pocahontas. Pocahontas, The Double Life. This would be, I would say, at least upper elementary. And then Pocahontas and the Strangers. This would be, you can see a little easier, I would say even at third fourth grade. Both of these are going to tell you, and Clyde Robert Bula, he's one of my favorite young elementary authors that you could actually use. So that would be another good book for that. Um, this is just the story of Car uh, Sarah Noble. This is a little bit later in the 1700s, but um, it's a true story about how she cares for her father. Very simple to read. So again, like around third grade, Another Clyde Robert Bullen one, A Lion to Guard Us. These kids have to come over in a boat by themselves to the colonies. That one's fun. And then Sign of the Beaver. This is a story about a 12-year-old Matt and then the Indian and his grandson, Atian. And this, again, would be fourth grade or so. So those are some great storybooks. Depending on your kid's age, they might read them by themselves or you might read them out loud. And then finally, the... Uh, the Three Young Pilgrims, this is just a picture book, but it's a little more than just a few sentences. You will actually get the story of the pilgrims. Now, I'm just trying to get to my favorite books. I love these as adults. I love these when I was kids. And um, here's one of them. Samuel Eaton's Day. This is the story of the life in the pilgrim boy. We read this series every single, every single Thanksgiving. And it has real life pictures of uh, Samuel. And there's another one, Sarah, and I, it's not sitting here, but there's a pilgrim girl. Also, we have an Indian one, uh, Tapenum, and then On the Mayflower. 
these are some of my very favorite books because there are real life pictures and they actually tell the story. So what could you do with all of these books? I've already told you with older kids, keep journals. With the younger kids, you could do some fun activities. Why not make butter? Why not pop some popcorn? Use some of the foods that were customary from that day. Bake a, a, a pumpkin pie. I was trying to think, even I haven't ever done this, but you could bake pumpkin. You could use a real, go buy a pie pumpkin and use the actual pumpkin the way they did it instead of out of a can cook some authentic recipes from this time period another thing you could do that would be more of a thinking skill is to make a venn diagram and i meant to draw this on here but a venn diagram is where we have a circle here and a circle here and an overlap in the middle and on this side would be a pilgrim boy and this side would be a pilgrim girl so you would read the story of the pilgrim boy and you would read the story of the pilgrim girl and then you would list the things that were true of them if they were true of the boy and the girl they'd be listed in the middle section which is the intersection and then you can talk about contrast and compare and those kinds of things but they're still learning and they may not even learn realize they're learning compare and contrast that kind of thing Another thing you might do is actually with older kids get a Mayflower compact and read it and discuss it and say do you agree with it do you disagree with it would you sign it today and so that would be a thing I also will leave some messages um, I mean messages a comment here hey, hello Christina thanks for joining us um, popcorn I have some science activities that you could tie in with this dancing popcorn how does popcorn and why is it popping up and down why does it pop when I I actually popped my popcorn on the stove my son Hunter sort of got me into that instead of the microwave with some olive oil but why is it popping up and down and then cranberries I have another science experiment with cranberries as well you could get a map and then trace look at from um, England I don't know if I'm pointing the right way from where you're looking but let's say England is over here and we mark wherever they were leaving from Plymouth England and we come over here and we mark that and we look at the geography and maybe the differences between the English geography and the new world the old world and the new world the other thing I would definitely do is keep a timeline a timeline before the pilgrims left because there was a lot that led up to it and then once they get over and as you read their journals keep a timeline as well there's a lot of activities that you can do and I have some blog posts that I will post here as well I don't have a Thanksgiving unit or anything but I do have some resources like that and I do have a game so let me pull it over here this is called made for trade it's a little bit later but it is um, more in the colonies during Williamsburg but hey why not go ahead and enjoy it a little bit my we played this game so many times my girls love this game they played it whether we played it as a family or with their friends or whatever but it is really cool it's a little bit later in that there are actually towns and villages set up so that's that finally let's talk about history and christmas i'm going to hurry up um what i recommend if you want to tie in christmas and history is Christmas around the world because then we can go look at the history and how people celebrated Christmas around the world they may still be celebrating it in modern times but how are they celebrating it now so 
Let's look at that. Some of, first place I would go to is the Holy Land, to Bethlehem, and see how they celebrated. And I would look at the history. When I was a public school teacher, we did this every single year. It was one way that I could share Jesus with my kids if I said it in the context of history. We stopped our United States Social Studies unit, and for two weeks we did Christmas around the world. And I always started with Christmas in Bethlehem, and I always started with the story of Jesus. So that would be one thing. And then that actually helps us keep our focus on what Christmas is really about. We teach our kids the history of it, the actual history, not just the spiritual impact of Jesus coming from heaven down to earth. So we can take it and do that. Um, and I'm just like looking at these. Y'all are making some nice comments about Reformation Party and Pocahontas. Thank you very much. So Christmas, we start with the historical event. And then how did it progress over time? And we can look at it. We can look at Germany and we can look at Boniface who actually took the pagan um, rituals and used them so the people would understand and use them as illustrations for Jesus Christ. Too often we're like, those are pagan rituals. Well, you know, if I go down, I, I used to go to El Salvador on a regular basis because I used to work with the mission down there. If I went down to El Salvador and I wanted to share Jesus with them, I would take things from their culture that make meaning to them and tie it in and use that as illustrations for Jesus. And that's what Boniface did. He went in because they're about to kill this virgin woman. He puts his cross right there. The knife comes down. The girl is saved. And then the story's a lot better than this. I'm just shortening it. And then he tears off a branch from uh, the from a tree, which is their holy tree. And they're just like, oh no, he's going to die. And he doesn't. And they're like, this man really must be from God. And so they start to listen to him. And he talks about decorating the, the, um, their homes with this and it's a sign of peace and it is similar to the tree that Jesus was killed on and then he's able to share the gospel. So you can look at Germany, we can look at Great Britain and their traditions, we can look at Sweden and St. Lucia and she was a patron of light and light, Jesus is the light of this world and we can look at those kinds of things, we can look at Mexico and the poinsettia and how they have the La Posada and how it is a journey through the village to where Mary and Joseph are. There's a lot of Christ-centered things when we study Christmas around the world. And for most of you, you've told me um, one of my biggest challenges is staying focused on what's most important, and that is Jesus Christ. And so I think when we study Christmas around the world and we look at the historical significance of it, it can really um, bring us back and we can focus on it. And I personally, I dropped we did not do homeschool between, we may have done it the first week after Thanksgiving, but after that, we did not do any formal homeschooling until January. We just left it alone. Now, did my kids quit learning? No, because we were doing things like Christmas around the world. And I'll share some more of those ideas this evening or afternoon, four o'clock my time, five o'clock Eastern time. So that would be how I would actually approach getting history and having fun and doing some activities with it. Now, I do have two resources. One of them is my Christmas Around the World. Many of you have said you want this. Just think it's 30% off this weekend. And so you can get that. And you can get all the activities, the books to read, um, the copy work, and all of that kind of thing as well. Inside of this, besides the countries, is uh, Merry Christmas in about 25 different languages, Christmas poetry, Christmas book list, Christmas movie list, detailed instructions for activities and recipes, 
printable symbols, coloring pages, list, all sorts of things are in here. But let's say your kids are too little for that. Because I would say this would be elementary and up. If you have older kids, I would, if you had high school kids, I would ask them to do this for your elementary age kids. Let them organize it. They're going to learn a lot more as teachers. And then the other thing I have that we've, I had it last year and I really didn't sell it. I didn't even promote it. It's my Christmas unit study for preschool and kindergarten. What it does is it takes some of these ideas and it sort of um, brings it down to preschool level and preschool activities. And I use basically some of the things that I've done with my grandkids who are now three and six right now. And so it's going to have some of the same thing. I will say that for each country, the very last activity is eat your way through school. And so there is an edible activity. And so I love eating and I, my kids, I don't know about you, but when I did something that had food in it, they paid attention and they listened and they actually learned. So, so we have the, um, where's all my stuff? Oh no, don't go too low battery. I thought I charged you up. So those are just some ideas. If you have some other ideas about tying history together with um, the holidays over the next few um, weeks, please leave a comment. Remember, it's 30% off top October if you want. I've given you a lot of resources here. We have um, Celebrating Reformation Day. It's a unit study that includes activities, normal unit studies, but also includes ideas for a, a Reformation party as well. And then I've got our preschool and our around the world. Both of them are centered on, um, on countries. The one thing I will say for this one is there's also some more storybooks besides just the Christmas Around the World books. Both the Christmas Around the World Christmas Unit Studies, again, you can get them 30% off all weekend long because we've got the ugh, something's in my, the coupon Top October. And so that's on a post that I posted about an hour and a half ago. That is so much information. If you have some ideas on how you can make history fun during the holidays, please leave a comment and let us know. Or if you have a question, please leave a comment. I just want to thank Leslie and Cherry and Christina and Christina W. Oh, two Christinas. Oh, we got more people. Rachel and Teresa. Thank y'all so much. And yes, it's cool in Christmas in Kentucky too. Montana. Foot of snow. You know what? I remember the first time I was in Idaho and we was, I think it was Halloween day. It was on a Sunday and we were having a reformation party at our house after church and it started snowing there. And here I was from Texas. I was like, oh my gosh, it's snowing on Halloween. Um, Anyway, I've never heard of all that on and uh, about Germany. Is that on your blog? Leslie, yes, I believe there's a post on Germany. It's not as complete, but it tells a little bit of the story of Boniface um, in Germany and that kind of thing. So, y'all, thanks so much for spending time with me. I will be back, I guess, in about three and a half hours. I will be talking more about homeschooling in the holidays in general and how do you just survive tomorrow. I haven't put this up yet. I will talk in the afternoon about Christmas, a lot more about Advent and anticipation and Christmas and how we can tie homeschooling into Advent because I think we sometimes forget about Advent and Advent and Christmas and Epiphany. And then in the evening, I am going to talk about a hard subject for me and just sometimes holidays are not easy. And so tomorrow, Sunday night, when I, after I get home from life group, I'm going to talk a little bit about last year, probably the hardest holiday season I've ever had in my life. Um, and just how do we get through it? 
How do we have hope? How do we have joy when we just feel this pressure, when we feel this depression? And um, how do we get to the other side? Now, that doesn't mean I didn't get to the other side and I had some great moments last year, but it was really hard. And so let's be honest and let's say that holidays aren't always easy. How do we move forward? And how do we keep going when things aren't always going great? nothing to sell just some encouragement i hope so anyway i'll talk to you later i am carrie beck with how to homeschool my child y'all have a great day